Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford here to kick off this week's episode. We did leave you with a tiny bit of a cliffhanger last week. We discussed Netflix, the Netflix business model, and also Netflix as a consumer platform and a content creator. We had recorded 40 minutes of episode, but we decided to split it into two. This second part talks about education and specifically talking about education and subscription models. Uh, one of those uh, companies is Skillshare, who just received $28 million in funding. Uh, and we uh, thought such a good story there that we were able to reach out to Skillshare and talk to Matt Cooper, their CEO. You'll hear from him at the end of this episode for a brief snippet, but you'll hear the interview in its entirety as Mike Palmer sat down to talk to him about his business, about education, about subscription models. And you'll hear that as an extra on Friday. So lots to get to on our discussion around Skillshare, around uh, around subscription model education and where we see that going. And then even better, you get to hear from Matt Cooper himself, the CEO of Skillshare, about how they've built their business and where they see education going. So without further ado, let's hear the rest of our episode, part two, about Netflix, about subscription model education, and about Skillshare. You just made mention of uh, MoviePass, Mike, and that the subscription model, right? The idea yeah. of, um, and that's something else Netflix is heavily influenced. They're not the only one out there from a subscription model, but we've talked in the past, uh, Coursera moved to a subscription model of sorts um, that you could purchase for $29.99, I don't know the price, but, uh, and you could learn as much as you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Netflix allows you to watch as much as you want um, during a month that you pay for it. And there are some educational shows on that on Netflix. They produce some of their own. We'll talk about those in a little bit, but I wanted to revisit Mike, the idea of subscription model education. Uh, we do have a Skillshare just got a, I think a round C funding, uh, a large uh, investment in them. Uh, they are another subscription model uh, learning company out there. Any new thoughts here from last time we spoke about it? Skillshare specifically talking about why their CEO going into depth of why they think it can work. Uh, what'd you take from this article? I believe it was an Ed Surge article that we'll share out on Twitter as well. Um, anything you took from this that you, you can compare to Netflix and, and make uh, sense out of from a subscription model perspective? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas in this article. It's uh, by Tony Wan, uh, one of the, I think he's the managing editor of EdSurge. And uh, EdSurge is another uh, great resource. Uh, we, we all, uh, you know, read it pretty uh, routinely. Uh, they send out a newsletter on Wednesdays. Um, something we're, we're toying with, too, is putting our own, our own newsletter together uh, for, for folks who are following us. But, uh, but that's definitely a good place to, to stay current uh, around education, educational technology, all that. Um, what I found most interesting was uh, the idea of the um, bundling together of what otherwise might be disparate assets and the fact that those bundles um, are cut across different dimensions, I guess, is the way to think about it. So, um, you know, we've talked on the show uh, many times about how YouTube is the, the primary destination for people to get learning videos, but that tends to be more just in time, give me exactly what I need in a micro way so that I can learn exactly what I need to know about this one very discrete thing. What I think is interesting about this and the subscription model, and I think it's instructive for, uh, for companies like Kaplan and uh, just for good instructional designers, is even as you go micro, that's important because you want to respond to sort of the trend towards short form video. What's, what can get lost in that process is connecting the dots and curating the content and saying, even though these individual sessions might be small, that if they could all be tied together in a way that makes sense, 
I think that's really interesting. And then particularly when you are assembling those sort of component parts, the idea that the same broader body of content can be assembled differently. Uh, you know, we were just talking about this data science conference. You know, there's, there's one way to organize content for aspiring data scientists. There's another way to organize content for organizations and leaders of organizations who need to understand how to address uh, data science. And to, again, get back to the both end, to sort of be able to address both audiences or multiple audiences against the same body of content, I found that really interesting. So it's both going micro and then macro at the same time and then being flexible and meeting the different learners who are out there. Um, we, we do a lot of that ourselves, but I thought it was interesting that it was called out specifically around um, their workshops and some of the thinking that, that, that Skillshare is doing. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Um, what I, I didn't get, and I, I just read the same article you're talking about, the said Surge article. I, I don't think I understand from the bundling like how purposeful it is, or is it just, you know, I don't know what the UX or UI is on this, but is it's just, if it's just served up as, you know, um, you may also like essentially like yep. sort of a Netflix mm -hmm. uh, kind of experience. I'm not sure how much additional value for the user that's really providing. Mm -hmm. If there's more purposeful stitching together so that um, there is, you know, something that's sort of a wrapper that, that goes around multiple different courses, mm -hmm. maybe that's different. Right. Uh, but I, I think that, I think that is, that is interesting because they have, they talk about the thousand uh, uh, classes for courses for free. Right. And then if you pay for the subscription, um, you get um, uh, access to the 22,000 classes. Right. And so that's more. Sure. But if you're just, I guess it's, it's an interesting thing to think about is what's in the thousand versus the 22,000. Like in, in theory, I don't know how many shows are on Netflix. It'd be an interesting thing to see or how many shows plus movies, how many different pieces of content, but it's far more than anyone could ever really watch. Right. And there has to be, you know, a distribution curve of what's watched. It has, has a tremendously long tail. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably true here also about the Skillshare classes is yep. that, you know, a lot of them are, you know, a lot of what is watched there, what is consumed is in a small subset. Yep. Maybe the bundling changes that. Maybe, um, maybe there is a different distribution than I imagined, but it's interesting to think about how much of that actually get that content gets consumed. Yeah, I, th I think it's a fair point because I, I, I was reading a bunch of different articles, so I may be sort of conglomerating it all uh, in an interesting way, but- um, You've got a workshop, you've workshopped, <laughs> workshopped uh, your, the articles. But, uh, but, I, but the interesting thing I, I think is also tying to like micro credentials and certifying. So like Skillshare is really designed for uh, uh, aspiring uh, employees or, or workers in the modern era who are trying to upskill and continue to get better this article is more about how organizations can really sign on for that as well, uh, among other things. But, um, but, the, but the interesting angle, I think, is, is if there's thoughtful design intent on the authoring side so that you can um, curate the 22,000 into the ones that are just relevant to me, that's really the opportunity that I think we're just sort of scratching the surface of. Um, interestingly, I, you know, getting back to beef with net Netflix, um, I'm not convinced that their recommendation algorithm is really that amazing. Like, I, yeah, do they still have the like the uh, anthropomorphized 
little friend who helps you find stuff that you're interested in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is this I like, don't believe so. I know I, you were talking about needed that, that since, since I use that, that's how I watched all of my content is I had this like little friend. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, a Netflix friend. I know. Is this not, this is not, a thing? I, I don't remember that, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's, it's like the curation angle, like the problem in a world, in a world where uh, there's this profusion of learning content, it's mm -hmm. all getting micro, it's all getting into its component pieces. Like, I think lear learners and consumers of content these days are getting trained on the, the sort of three second and the next thing's loading. That requires somebody on the other side to know that through line for you. And uh, I think it can be done when you develop a course and you have a yep. series of short form videos that way. What I think is most interesting uh, conceptually to me is starting to assemble different courses that... Um, are, are sort of optimized for the particular needs of a learner. I think that's really interesting. Uh, and like I said, you know, teasing ahead, you know, learning science research has shown that rather than binging on a single concept at any point in time, you're better off interleaving different ideas and different uh, sort of conceptual areas. I don't know if that's really been done effectively by Netflix. I don't know uh, how well companies like Skillshare and others are actually doing that. But that's sort of the promise that I see in like sort of the emerging trend here. The Couple more, of, yeah, go ahead, Dan. One, uh, as of 2016, Netflix have 4,335 movies and 1,197 TV shows. I assume the TV sh series have gone up, not maybe not exponentially, but at a fair degree over those two years. Mm -hmm. But those are the numbers I was able to find quickly here. I, I wonder, Mike, to your point, um, if the the learning algorithm on a Skillshare or on a Udemy or, or Coursera, wherever it is, isn't serving up the proper learning science for what I should be learning next, how valuable that really is, right? How, how much is that just pushing content at me rather than what I need to know or what I should be knowing next? But I had this question for you, Mike. As we talked about content on Netflix and Netflix building their own, right? And, and constructing their own content because content's expensive and you're competing with other outlets. Skillshare, Udemy, Coursera, they're competing too. And I, I don't know that we've ever talked about that, but uh, how do we make sure the content that's going up to these sites uh, is of a certain level and that these teachers and the TAs and all those people that are providing this content are uh, who we should be turning to? H how do we make sure of those things? And maybe there's not a, a direct answer now, but how do you see that? Do you see the similar sort of bid for the best uh, developing for these different sites as we move forward? Uh, I think so. I mean, a, a couple couple quick thoughts. Uh, one thing that I just uh, uncovered when doing a little bit of prep here uh, is the notion of uh, learning experience platforms. So like LXPs are starting to emerge. There's so many acronyms about learning platforms. But like one of the interesting ideas there is that um, you can both source your own internal content in a learning experience platform, but you can also pull in external content. So you could pull in stuff from YouTube, you can pull in stuff from, uh, from other outside uh, content providers. That's really interesting to me because like to get at your question, Dan, I think one of the ways to get at the best content is to be able to um, aggregate in creative ways and sort of pull them in. And some of these LXPs are doing that. I think the, the related uh, uh, idea, I guess, is if you're trying to rank this based on uh, either uh, business metrics or learning metrics or user ratings, I think there's a risk that you land a little too much in the edutainment uh, at the expense of learning uh, area where uh, 
if it's just based on what people like or uh, or what gets the most views, that can be problematic. And I think that's where I know we, we at Kaplan have invested in learning science as like a sort of a core competency and something that's very, uh, we were talking about Netflix culture. I think it's very central to, to Kaplan's yep. culture. But, uh, but that with that comes the ability to kind of certify, just like certified fresh uh, rotten tomatoes, you know, certified fresh learning, uh, rotten tomatoes hit me up. But, uh, but certified think, fresh learning is actually my DJ name. So. <laughs> is that? It's is pretty that good, yeah. DJ uh, cert fresh learn. So yeah. ju- just to, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind the, the tape here for a second. Please. Yeah. So all of that agreed. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got to go back to Max. Yes. Oh, Max was your friend. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Good. So I Good. was, so people listening to this podcast can't, can't see, but I was, I was looking like to get the nonverbal yeah, confirmation that I wasn't just yeah. literally making things up yeah. uh, on air uh, or on the pod. And I got none of that feedback from yeah. Mike or Dan. You got, like, like, you got a world series of poker. This dude yeah. doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. So Max was a, um, uh, Im- bodyless, but voiced, oh. uh, um, selection, uh assistant interesting content selection assistant uh, it was an algorithm with a voice huh. that was available from 2013 to 2015 huh. for netflix apparently exclusively for ps3 and ps4 netflix users which is how i get my netflix ah. and uh he, it was funny he was funny huh. like he would say so what are you interested in watching tonight and he put up there were things where he would put up you know, um, it would have a face off and it'd be the faces of two actors and uh-huh. you would, you'd select which one. Huh. And there was like a rapid fire where you would rate 20 movies and just as fast as you could. And based on, based on all of this content that you were providing, um, he would then give you a recommendation. Huh. Now, maybe the reason it was de- deprecated is the recommendation was always wrong. Like <laughs> it was, uh, I, I was like, always uh, an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, it was, it was, just definitely not what you were in the mood for. Right, right. Uh, so I'm not sure that I ever had a happy Max uh, experience ultimately. Yeah. But um, I think that, that's, that's interesting here and sort of weaving it back into the learning. Like yeah. the curation and the how behind the scenes it is mm-hmm. versus how much agency the end user has and what that interplay is. You mm-hmm. know, thinking about like a wizard, Max was essentially a, a wizard yep. that had uh, – a voice more more of a of a of a catchy voice than a, apparently an effective algorithm, but um, I, I think that's going to be important. Just I, as I think we here Kaplan or others, you know, whether we're talking about Netflix or Udemy or whomever, is in the curation game as much as in the content game. How much of what's the shared relationship between the person who's consuming it and the person who's providing it? Yep, I, I think it's going to be interesting I because agree. as you think, you know, the twenty two thousand. Um, classes that we were just talking about are the thousands of, of uh, episodes or movies that Dan just mentioned. There's too much. There is too much content. And mm-hmm. so good curation is going to be, is already really important. Uh, a lot of it is just served without a lot of input mm-hmm. uh, from the user. So yeah. I, I mean, that's interesting. It is interesting. And uh, when you were talking about Max, it made me think of, you know, when the Oscars runs their uh, in memoriam uh, reel. I was just thinking of all like our virtual assistants who are like Clippy, you yeah. know, like not a dry in the house when you're showing the, like who we lost sure. in the last 20 years. Yeah, Max. So, so hard to say goodbye <laughs> uh, to yesterday. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it, it is interesting just to, to think through how uh, learners uh, might benefit from 
sort of, uh, you know, we just had the show on voice assistants. Um, yeah. If there was a way for some like trusted uh, virtual presence to help curate their learning needs. Um, I think that's really interesting because right now I think a lot of people just wind up gravitating to what's trending, uh, yep. which, uh, which is, you know, that is the name of our show. So like, we, I hope they we, are. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for doing that. But, uh, but it's all the whole wisdom of the crowds. Like sometimes you want the wisdom of a certified expert or a, an algorithm that's been optimized for, for outputs. Um, I don't know if we've, uh, we fully uh, cracked that nut just yet. Yeah, it's the uh, what's in front of me when on Netflix, like trying to cycle through everything becomes a bit overwhelming. As Brendan's saying, there's just so much there to try to get through and the search function isn't quite right. Also find it interesting, they went to gamification and uh, didn't really get much out of it, but it would be interesting as that sort of grows if they go back to something like that or other platforms take something like that on. Uh, Brandon, there are lots of uh, educational shows on Netflix as well. There are some that uh, are used in classrooms. We have one article, a blog post from uh, about uh, some that are used, but I'm wondering, um, you have a daughter we've talked uh, before on sure here. Do. Is there, uh, is there, are there shows from Netflix or shows that you use from Netflix as sort of the uh, I, super why word party come to mind for uh, ones my girls have watched? Uh, anything that uh, your daughter might watch that you do use Netflix to, to use? We watch so much Octonauts. Ah, yep. Mm. Yeah, it's a British show and they're yep. like, he's eight Octonauts, like ah. little, um, uh, seafarers uh, who go and help um, marine life in need. Mm. They're, it's a cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very strange. So two things about this. Uh, one, uh, they, so they, like the, the show, it's, it's very uh, formulaic. So there's, they discover some distress. They go and resolve this distress. They then have a creature report about this distress, about this creature that they encountered. In there, there's actually like, they, they do a tiny little snippet of actual um, uh, real footage of the real creature mm. so that the, the kid is getting to see. Oh, like real, not a cartoon. Not a cartoon. So in the cartoon, they have like on their little monitor just for, I don't know, three or four seconds uh -huh. of what the actual creature is. Um, while all this is happening, in their closing song, they're, uh, they're reporting back on their adventure and then they take a little, they say, dance break. And then they just, they just dance for like a few seconds, which is, it's, it's, a, it's very odd. Um, but uh, to go back to the, it's only three seconds for the shows. The, I don't know, Dan, if you found this, but with, with Penny, you can only watch one episode of this is very difficult. Yes. And the next episode starts immediately. Yes. And once, once at least with my daughter, she mm. has started to see the beginning of the next episode, you're in for another 24 minutes. Yes. Like trying to take the candy away from the baby. Yeah. It's so just like, let the baby eat the candy, but be ready to not let the next piece of candy right. get in the baby's hands. Right. Right. So you gotta be near, once you realize it's about to end, you're like, get near the remote, the, the PS controller, hit the O button. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. dive, I dive on the Roku remote. For when, sure. Like, bedtime, if they're watching a show, maybe before they have to do uh, brushing teeth and reading a book before bed, it is diving across the couch and like slamming the pause button because he's right. Thanks, if you Netflix. don't get there, if you don't get there, next episode starts and you're in it. Like it's yeah. plot already starts developing in the first 30 seconds. You're, you're I, I could, but I need to see what happens to the <laughs> anemone. I, I could see, I could see in the future, like, uh, like a, a lazy parent, uh, leaves, leaves her, his or her child, uh, unattended in front of like a learning platform. And, uh, suddenly like their three-year-old is uh, coming back, talk to them about nuclear physics. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, like I right. could, I could see that happen. My, my oldest has made references to things she's heard on shows. I'm like, where'd you learn that? And then yeah. I realized that 
uh, it happened on Octonauts or it happened on Super Y or one of those shows. But a uh, great discussion. Uh, lots of different uh, angles we've gone down. I think we'll revisit this again. Mike, any final thoughts on Netflix and, and uh, subscription model? And I, I do think we'll talk about it again. But any final thoughts for this episode? Uh, I mean, I, for one, feel uh, lucky uh, and, and positive about uh, my ability to engage with really amazing content in, thanks to, you know, companies like, like Netflix and, uh, and some of the technologies that are emerging. So, like, I feel like we're in an amazing time. And then you connect that to, uh, you know, the self-improvement movement around learning and, uh, you know, just continuing to, to get better as, as humans. Um, it's, it's pretty cool stuff, you know, especially if we can blend the entertainment value in with the learning value, which I think is really going to be the, the biggest uh, challenge for us in, the, in, say, like the next five to 10 years. Brandon, Dance break. You- <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> for those of you listening. For those kinesthetic learners yes. also. Yes. Right? That's where, that's where the, the, the hard coding of that learning really happens is during dance break. Welcome back to Trending in Education. Uh, this is Mike Palmer with an extra, uh, where we have the, the pleasure of having uh, Matt Cooper, the CEO of Skillshare with us. Uh, welcome, Matt. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, for our listeners, uh, I thought maybe we could start by you talking, us, talking to us a little bit about what Skillshare is and uh, what your job is. Great. Uh, sure. So Skillshare is an online learning platform. Uh, we have about 22,000 video-based classes across pretty much every topic you can think of, but uh, specifically centers around professional development type content. Uh, a lot of creative, a lot of tech, business classes, um, and most of them tend to be bite-sized. So 30 to 60 minutes in length. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an open platform, so anybody can come in and teach. So most of our teachers are hands-on experts in the field. They're doing the job day to day. So uh, when you sit down and, and watch a, a Skillshare class, you're typically watching someone who is, um, has been hands-on doing the work every day and uh, has accumulated that expertise and knowledge over time. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and, and sort of building on that, uh, we've recently been talking about what we can learn from Netflix. Mm-hmm. And um, that's part of what brought us to Skillshare where, you know, we were aware of what you guys were doing, but uh, I think it became a little more front and center. Also, you've gotten a little press about getting some funding yep. uh, recently. Um, but uh, anything about Netflix that, uh, you know, excites your imagination or do you have other ideas about other organizations in the same space as Netflix? Uh, but um, I've heard Netflix, uh, as a, a sort of root metaphor for one of the ways to operate a business effectively. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think there's a startup in the world who hasn't spent time with the Netflix culture deck. Mm-hmm. You know, that they released that years ago and yep. it was an overnight success. Uh, they recently refreshed um, sort of their culture page on mm-hmm. their uh, on their jobs careers page. Um, and you know, I think it's if anything, it's hard now because it's so good you just want to cut it and paste it. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the it's it's hard to come up with your own version that's just as good as their version. Right, um, right. But I, I think what it did is just it got a lot of companies thinking about corporate culture in a very different way, mm-hmm. uh, in a much more personal way. Mm-hmm. So that's something we talk about a lot, and uh, we're we're constantly working on. Um, as you can imagine, it's extremely competitive in New York, uh, but really anywhere in the in the tech community. So uh, if you don't have your culture dialed in, it's hard to keep the best people. Uh, right. So we spend a lot of time uh, thinking about Netflix from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, for more of a business model, 
uh, direction, you know, there are actually quite a few parallels. I mean, we I sort of jokingly uh, refer to us as skill sh- or, uh, Netflix for smart people. Um, <laughs> but there is a you know, the heavy content component. Mm-hmm. Um, we're constantly trying to personalize the content, drive engagement, get people coming back for more, uh, figuring out you know, what, what they're interested in, what their likes are, dislikes, et cetera. Um, and then we are, you know, we're ultimately a co- content platform. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have the open component of our platform where those 6,000 teachers have taught 22,000 classes. We also produce some of our own content mm-hmm. or our Skillshare originals where um, we're now kind of in that Netflix space of trying to figure out what the hit's going to be. And, right. Uh, you know, who are the influencers that our, our audience wants to hear from and mm-hmm. what topics are going to engage them. Um, so I think, you know, some interesting parallels there. Um, I think the challenge we have is we, we want people to explore. Uh, and so, yes, you know, we know you like this one type of class and these certain types of teachers, but how do we also drive some for serendipity to get you to think about other content, other topics, other skills that maybe don't align with, align with your day-to-day work, but just something you'd find interesting and beneficial and allow you to cross-pollinate a little bit. And there you have a brief preview of Friday's interview with CEO of Skillshare, Matt Cooper, as Mike sits down to talk to him about subscription model education and the things that Skillshare has learned and where they're pushing their business and where they're pushing their platform uh, for the future. Lots of great content to come on Friday, even Uh, on top of the great content that we had on Tuesday with Brandon and Mike. So hope you enjoyed it. As always, share us with a friend, share us with a colleague, share us with a member of your family. Do so on Twitter, on Facebook, or by helping them subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasting, or on any podcasting app that you may be listening to us on. Uh, Be sure to find us on Twitter as well, at Trending in Ed, the same on Facebook, and trendingineducation.com. With that said, thanks so much for listening. Tune in on Friday for that extra with Matt Cooper, CEO of Skillshare. Until then, thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education.